0: Hello and welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest.
1: I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about this reality that most people have thrown away New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Don't care about them, don't make them, they have thrown them away. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about, well, what should you do this time of year and how could you think think in a way that's uh, both productive and fruitful but not burdensome and overwhelming that actually might give some life to you. We're going to talk about those kind of things, kicking off your new year in a healthy frame of mind. In the right way. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, sounds great. All right, but first it's uh, story time and John, you're up. It
0: is my story. I finally, sometimes before we record, we're like, oh man, I need a story. And I haven't lived the craziest life, so it's it's trickier than it might sound sometimes. <laughs> but I've got one. This is a little briefer, but the one celebrity that I've met, as far as I know, uh, was uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, Dwight
1: Schrute. Really? Yeah. You met him? hmm When? Uh, he was doing- Comic-Con. A, no, I don't go to Comic-Con. Bethany does. Uh, I, I thought it was just a nerd fest, and you're a nerd.
0: <laughs> a lot of nerds don't think that it's worth it to sit in the lines and do the crowds. Oh, and, really? Yeah. But this was different, because this was a book signing he did for his autobiography called The Bassoon King. Oh, I remember the book. You, yeah. I remember, you, you loved the book. I didn't read it, actually. Julie bought it, and Bethany bought it. But they were going to the book signing, and I was going to go with them. So I got tickets. It was at this church right next to UW in uh, in Seattle. And so just hopped over the lake
1: and... And, uh, now, so, so the bassoon King, mm-hmm. like a bassoon is an instrument, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The cover is him with a bassoon. Okay. Cause he played it in high school, I think. Okay. Anyway. So he spoke and, uh, was interviewed and, uh, played a little bit of the bassoon. He played the office theme on the bassoon. <laughs> oh wow. It was pretty cool. Uh, and he played. So his whole thing about the bassoon is that no one cares about it. And so he had a bassoonist from children's orchestras from all over the city <laughs> play with him on the stage for a few songs it to give re- them a spotlight yeah. because
1: nobody cares about exactly the exactly so he is the king of something nobody cares about. <laughs>
0: exactly i think that was the point okay. but uh, anyway so afterwards to get your actual book signed you'd go in line and see him and uh, they had rules you know like no uh, flash photography make it quick like you got to go in there sign it say hi and go like you can't ask him a question you know stuff so like you that.
1: went into a room with your book and it's him and you no, it's a line. The line oh, okay. goes through an
0: open door and out an open door. So you can see him from a little ways off. Um, anyway, so uh, Bethany and I go in at the same time because she has, you know, the book. And uh, and so we walk up, and, you know, I'm thinking of, like, something I'm going to say, like something, you know, something like some deep, obscure office quote to let it know I'm <laughs> one of the real fans, you know. I'm and, legit, man. Yeah.
1: And you so, are
0: my biggest fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so we get in there and uh, and it was like deer in the headlights, man. We give him the book and he like opens it and starts signing. And he's like, how you guys doing? And we're both just like good. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, all right. And he holds up his hand for a high five and I just smack his hand and uh and bethany high fives him and then we just get out of there
1: it, you're kind of like the the christmas movie of the kid at santa claus and he totally forgets what he wants to ask for. yeah because he's just starstruck yeah it was very funny and How afterwards
0: were you? i was in college so I oh, was okay 20 i was probably 20 yeah yeah uh but it was pretty funny so i've, I've high-fived rain wilson
1: um, Didn't get to talk to him much. Technically, with, I just picture you high-fiving him with your eyes wide open, <laughs> ex- saying nothing, kind of looking like a yeah. starstruck nerd. That's exactly what it was. And It was like, you would have thought I forgot how to high-five, like <laughs> hold the hand up for a second and like line up the shot
0: and just. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh technically, me, actually all my celebrity stories are with Bethany, which is funny. We went to a uh, concert in Seattle and we're in line, you know, we already bought our tickets. We're in line to get in the show. And I'm on my phone or something, and uh, uh, because of my terrible peripheral vision, you know, my glasses end at a certain point, and outside mm-hmm. of that certain point, I can't see anything. Right. And the lead singer of this band was uh, Wolf Mother, if you're curious. Uh, he goes walking by, and she was like, did you see him? I was like, no, why didn't you see something? That's Wolf Mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... He doesn't <laughs> go by... Oh, what's, <laughs> he, what? what's his name? I forget his
1: name. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's... But she recognized him.
0: Yeah, he's very, very... He has like a... Do you remember Hyde from that 70s show with the sideburns and the glasses and the big fro? Oh, yeah. He looks a lot like that guy. Oh, okay. So he's pretty... You know, he has noticeable features, yeah. but... Uh, and then... I feel like there was another one. Oh, the drummer for uh, this one. I actually did see for one of my favorite bands. We were in line to go to that show and the drummer is walking by and a couple like two people behind us or a little family who we've been talking to beforehand. He's like stops and just starts talking to him and he was he was their cousin, I guess. Oh, wow. And so I like I labored over going over to ask him to sign my my ticket stub and I didn't do it and he went on going and now the now he's not part of that band anymore. Mm. So I missed the only chance I will ever have. Hmm. I don't mind it that much. It was cool just to see him and yeah. Hear him talk. Yeah. So
1: what is your takeaway from encountering celebrities? I don't know. They're uh they're normal people. They're probably a
0: lot like yeah, yeah. just
1: normal people. So it
0: wasn't uh it w- with with uh Rain Wilson specifically, you know, if you've seen so much time of that person and never actually met them, that was the bizarre part. It's yeah. like whoa. It's like there he is, you know. Uh, And that was actually, you remember that detective show that he had for like a season or half a season? Oh yeah. Yeah. In Portland. Yeah. That was uh, soon after that got canceled. So the whole time I was thinking, I was like, man, I wish I could say what I wanted to do was quote that show for him and let him know, Hey, I was one of the, one of of the 20 guys who watched it. (laughs) Exactly. But I didn't even watch it. so (laughs) so I had nothing. (laughs) I watched the pilot with you. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't very good. You liked it. I thought I
1: like rain Wilson.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. But it wasn't
1: very good. Yeah.
0: Anyway, no real takeaway. Just that, uh, those the only celebrities that I've met okay yeah
1: all right well let's uh, dive into our subject today we're talking about Mm -hmm. New Year's and um, you were mentioning to me recently that you get a little bit uh, giddy is that the right word at New Year's you get a little (laughs) little excitement your heart beats a little faster you start uh, having some kind of uh, metaphysical anticipation
0: I think all of that is the <laughs> wrong way to describe what, what it really is. Okay, what is it? Giddy for sure is an inappropriate way to put it. Oh, really? Yeah, cuz it, it's it's almost somber. Oh. It's like very introspective and like kind of uh But it's positive. It is positive. It's almost like it's like liturgy almost. It's like a, it's like a ritual kind of. Mm. Like you're just like you're it's I, I don't know. Basically I just, you know, everyone's thinking about the, about time and where they're going, where they've been. And it's just kind of this energy in the air of everyone kind of thinking at the same time
1: Time (laughs) is on our side. Yeah.
0: Except it's not. That's the key lesson I (laughs) learned every single new year's. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I have some thoughts about time.
1: Okay. I wrote some down for you because specifically 2020, this is huge. This is, it is huge. You know, it'll be 101 years before we have a double digit year again. 2121 oh yeah 101 years away it was 101 years ago when it happened last time 1919 man that was there's a good my year. thought on time yeah that's why well, that's... was it, 1919 was, was a good kidding. year oh you know. <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna whip out some <laughs> historical fact on me no i know nothing
0: uh what no i got nothing anyways a lot of these, these are like that so like uh 1980 was 40 years ago that feels like 20, you know, 1980 yeah, was 20 years ago. Yeah, it does feel ago. like recently. Like all the 80s movies came out 20 years ago, but no,
1: that was 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, I like to look at cars, mm-hmm. and in, in my head, when somebody says, oh, it's a 2003, I think, oh, it's a pretty new car. Yeah, exactly. Right? But that's 17 years old now. Well, yeah, when we would do research papers, they you know they say, like, no sources older
0: than, like, five years ago. So I, I found tons. Older
1: than five years ago?
0: Yeah. Or uh, newer. Yeah. No, older. They had to be newer than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Which at the
1: time it was uh, twenty what what year did I graduate? Twenty eighteen. See that that well, that was a whole another conversation. But I would call that uh, generation bias. Uh, well, uh, unless you're talking about scientific discoveries, it was it was tech stuff. It was communications, oh, okay. yeah. uh, social media. Never studies, mind, stuff disregard like that. my comment. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but a lot of this
0: because uh, Twitter kind of peaked in 2012, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" And everyone's doing academic all these academic studies on right, Twitter. And so right. I was finding buckets of stuff from 2012, and it was like right before the cutoff, so I couldn't use any of it. It was really frustrating. Oh wow! But it felt like it was that same thing. It was like 2012 was like last year. It felt like you know, right, like right. so recent. Yeah. But all kinds of stuff like that. Like that means that uh, 19 from 1980 to now is like from 1980 to 1940. It's, it's the same gap. Same gap, which is crazy. 1940s like uh, multiple lifetimes right, ago, it feels right, like. Right. Uh, you know, World War II and stuff. Uh, the Civil War then was 160
1: years ago. Wow. Which is crazy. And we went to Gettysburg, it mm-hmm. it, it felt it felt more it recent. It felt than real. That. Yeah. It felt modern. Yeah. Yeah, not but not it felt not modern. It was, you know, it was it was uh ancient kind of warfare. But they were close. They were, like, on the brink of modern time, yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was the last
0: Napoleonic kind of fight. Right. right. Like, World War One, but, but we weren't really in that war as much as uh, other countries. Uh, another one, World War One was 100 years ago.
1: Wow. Which is nuts. And we, I, I don't think... Obviously now we don't have any veterans left of World War One. Seems like the veterans no, the, of World War Two are starting. There's only a handful of those. Yeah, left.
0: the last one I remember reading about it. The last World War One veteran died. Um, I think it was like five years ago. Wow! And he had enlisted when he was like twelve oh, and lied about wow. it on his form. Wow! That's why he's still alive. Wow! So yeah. But anyway, uh, those are my the big the 2020 is big. But uh, generally, I don't know. Like, if you, has this ever happened to you where? Like I'll be I'll listen to an album and I'll be like I was like, hey a mod like it'll just come out. And I'll be like, that was great. And like I'll be like, Oh, they just released that and then turns out that was actually it's been five years since I found that album.
1: You know? Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Yeah. Where I think something happened. I was talking to somebody a, a last movie. night, yeah, and I said, Yeah, uh three years ago this happened. And I was with Ken and he said, I've been here four and a half years and that didn't happen since I've been here and so you realize, man, yeah, uh, time literally flies yeah it's crazy
0: like uh it happens mostly with music for me for some reason where i'll like i'll be like oh they already released another album and it's like well yeah because it's been four years since their last one and it just felt like it just came out but with movies a lot too like uh uh, the dark Knight rises that feels like it was two years ago that was actually i think 2012 or 2011 Wow, A long time. That ago. movie's like seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. Iron Man One was is, is twelve years ago now, almost. Wow, and that yeah, you know. that's still the best of all those Iron Man movies. Oh, the Iron Man ones for sure. But there's there's some good Marvel movies out there. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, oh, same with people. Uh, Tim, when I was very young, this is funny. I thought Tim was sixteen for like, Tim, your brother, my brother Tim. I thought he was sixteen for like ten years. I, was <laughs> I think like, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at my brother; he's he's about sixteen. Yeah, and you know, at that point, I was like fifteen. <laughs> so I was like, that, that didn't work out right. Uh, and just with uh, um, like personalities that I follow, you know, like sportscasters, it's like at, at one point they are they age, so they're yeah. like forty five. Like I was a young kind of professional guy, and then they're you know in their fifties. So. And it, it kind of, it's it it goes faster than I really pay attention to it.
1: So what are all these notions about time, <laughs> you know, these observations about how long ago it's been since this or that and how that feels like nothing? And uh, what does all that say to you? Well, what it says to me, especially the, um,
0: w- w- what it really says to me is that the, a five-year gap, because, you know, we kind of like to parcel things off like right. that, is nothing. It's is a blink of an eye. So mm-hmm. what it says to me is now that I'm 24, which I have forgotten and remembered a few times mm-hmm. thanks to my wife i keep thinking i'm 23
1: mm-hmm. it means that i'll be 30 thanks, in... thanks thanks to her you keep forgetting or no, thanks I, to her thanks you to her reminded. i keep rem-
0: remembering okay. i keep forgetting because yeah. i don't know why but it means i'll be 30 in no time which is uh, scary to me because mm. that means like you know when you're if you're goofing off in your early 20s and you're unproductive you know that's one thing
1: but an unproductive goofing off 30 year old is kind of you know is well, at the risk of offending all my young men friends, I tell every single woman, be careful. A man doesn't know his butt from a hole in the ground till he's 30, <laughs> you know, because yeah. we just it takes us forever to really get smart. Well, maybe I should be stoked. Man. But you are you are uh, you are a rare exception to that, John. You're 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 a sharp young man. Mm. And and I am shocked now as I you know, we were talking about uh, earlier. You asked me if I how I generally felt about 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. And I'm because of this, because of this realization I had where I'm like, I'm, yeah, you're yeah. going to be 30 in no time. Yeah. And I was realizing how much admiration I have. And really, as I think down to 22, 24, 26, 27 year olds, there's a group right now in your age group that I've watched grow up with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm blown away at how capable and smart and sharp they are uh, hmm. and how they're going to do great things.
0: That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it is because I had had a pessimistic view of that. I would say, you know, before. Well, I think that was the public consensus. You know, when we talked,
0: we've talked a few times about uh, prolonged adolescence mm-hmm. and how uh, the the view, of, especially of the millennial generation, was that like 20-year-olds are babies. They're staying in their parents' home until they're 25, you know, and then 30 was the new 20 was kind of the thing.
1: But there seems to be a pressure in the 20-something crowd. For example, in the music world, mm-hmm. um, even though you've got, you know, these rock bands where I don't know how they're holding those guys up there, those geriatrics up there doing rock concerts. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, a lot of musicians feel like, Hey, it, you know, when you're 28, your career's over. You're a, you're mm. long in the tooth dinosaur in the music world. And there's this urgency about them that I have to get something done. Now I want to change the world and I want to do it by noon tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I definitely, I sense that pressure, especially in
0: the, um, the graduating ages. So graduating from high school, graduating from college is kind of like, go, go, go. And, uh, I think it's maybe even the majority of graduates don't have a, something that they want lined up. They they're not always going to go home to nothing, but they don't always have a job in their field. And the there's this almost unquenchable optimism when you're graduating. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're all going on. Finally, we're going on to be our be adults. Look out world, here we come. Exactly, going to change things up. Next so thing
1: you know, I'm serving coffee. Right.
0: Exactly. Exhibit A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh i don't know i think i might
1: call that an immaturity or or lack of experience you know because well, let me we, ask you this yeah yeah with this with this uh thoughts about time this sense that i need to i need to grow up you know this i need to keep moving mm-hmm. why do you think new year's resolutions have gone the way of the of the dodo bird Why don't people, because I mean, almost universally used to be on New Year's, you know, the first Sunday of New Year's, I would say to the church, how many of you are making New Year's resolutions? And 80% of the hands would go up Hmm. now. And I don't do it anymore because the response is so dismal. It's less than 5%. Really? Yeah. And when I talk to people, they all say, oh, I don't do that. That's a waste of time. I don't do that. Do you, what's your thoughts about that? I don't
0: remember one time having New Year's resolutions. Ever. Ever. Ever, I'm sure I did. I bet you, I bet you, there were assignments in grade school where they said write down your New Year's resolution. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, um, I don't know because they seem. I can't remember what I was doing in January of last year, right? Yeah, so it's like what What are the odds of me holding on to a
1: statement for myself? I don't know. I guess well, because because you get crestfallen. you get beaten up about it. Yeah, and I would say scientifically, and anecdotally from my own experience, writing it down is the difference. Um, I've been blown away how many times I have sat down and made a list of what I dream of this year, like for our church. What, mm-hmm. what is, what do I think God wants to do this year? Make a list of just bullet points, throw those in a desk drawer. And I don't look at them again until the next January. And it's shocking how many of them happened. Really? Yes. And they, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, research about this. That goals written down get accomplished exponentially more often than goals that are never written down. And it's a, I don't know what that is. It's a. Because you a, weren't looking at it all the time. No, nope. And I would just be blown away. It happened to me at least three different times where I hadn't looked at the list. And I pulled it out and I'm like, holy cow. I couldn't remember that I had been that specific that long ago. Right. And then that everything on there had happened. So do you make resolutions then? I don't make resolutions. So let's talk about that. If you're not going to make resolutions, is there anything you should be doing right now at this point you know in 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 the most simple terms new year's day is the next day right it's just the next day but it seems to be this uh natural dividing line people have a sense finally that year's over and it feels like they get to close the door on some things yeah i think at least in you know most of this is for laughs it's it's humor
0: it's intent is humor is when you know the year's ending everyone's like you know finally like that's all put sure. away um and uh i don't i've never really felt that way because i don't have i can't think of a year and people go that was either a good year or a bad year like the joke i made uh about 1919 i don't i don't necessarily maybe it's because i don't have that t- kind of memory where i can just like parse off that year and remember oh good things happened that year yeah uh except for like big you know like the year i got married and stuff like that but um why don't you Why don't you have resolutions?
1: Well, um, I do a lot of reflecting, and I do some evaluating. And then I set some some thinking about how I'd like to move forward this year. But it's rare for me to have a quantifiable. To me, a resolution is a measurable, quantifiable, with a timeline goal. Hmm. And I don't know why I do less of those than I used to. Yeah. But I I do a lot less of those than I used to. But I, I love taking some time at the end of the year to think back and, first of all, just experience some gratitude. Mm. Because in real time, your life can feel stuck or hard or difficult or challenging. But when you sit back and look in hindsight at the last 12 months, yeah. you realize how good God has actually been to you. Yeah. And how many things there are to be grateful for. Right, yeah, I think that's why I love that time, like
0: in the the giddiness quote unquote, mm-hmm. what really it feels like to me is like a it's like romantic in the literary sense, you know, it's very like kind of dramatic. Mm. very few times do you have that clean of a break right that the whole world recognizes, you know um but but it's kind of some sometimes like we were watching the we found a a, a stream this is kind of show how technologys changed. We don't have cable in our apartments. we found a a stream on YouTube of uh King Five. And they were showing the Seattle, you know, New Year's thing.
1: Oh, uh, which and, didn't happen because the wind. Right, they had a light show. Yeah, but, which but. was terrible. <laughs> I,
0: I stayed well, up and, for nothing. Yeah, that's long past my bedtime. I know you could have had six extra hours of sleep. Oh man, <laughs> I was not happy. Uh, what I wasn't happy about was it was sponsored by. T Mobile. So three minutes because this is like as I lead up to that, I'm like in my most introspective, right? I'm I'm not wanting to mess around. Three minutes before midnight, <laughs> they have like some lead research and development guy from T Mobile up talking about five G just selling his company. They're all wearing all pink. Yeah, i like, saw what it. are you yeah, doing right now? Yeah. You think I want to watch a commercial right now? Yeah. Well they paid a
1: lot of money to have that right.
0: Oh my goodness. I was just wondering I'm I'm not trying to step on any toes. I would hate to have that job to be that newscaster and be like, I've got to put on this pink shirt and talk about <sighs> team. Well, he was floundering
1: years. anyway, I thought. That was it was not
0: entertaining TV. No, it was rough. So and and I think that sense of um disappointment for anyone who's gone to like a New Year's event or spe- mm-hmm. I don't I've never done like the obviously the Times Square or even the downtown Seattle thing. But the disappointment as soon as you know it's twelve oh one, it's kind of just
1: like, well, there it was. You know, and it really does kind of feel like a new day. Right. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts about 2019? Did you spend some time thinking about it? Not a ton. I spend, I
0: think I spend more time in years looking towards the future. I think that's why it's more exciting. Oh, okay. Uh, it's because uh, things are, <clears throat> things are, it's, it's tougher when things don't change a, a lot. Right. From, from like 20, from 18 to 19, 19 to 20. Um, but a lot of things, you know, I'm Maybe it's just the period of life that I'm in, or maybe things are going to be moving quick from now until forever. But things change pretty quick now, uh, with the exceptions of we're living in the same apartment, which I didn't think we would be by this mm-hmm. point. Um, but new field of work, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, so, so mostly it was looking towards the future, but I feel about 2019.
1: Man, if somebody asked you, thought did you that. have a good year or a bad year? What would you say? I had a good year. I had a good year. Yeah. Okay, we we,
0: went, we had did a lot of fun stuff. We spent a week in LA with the family. Uh before that, we had a long weekend in Arizona with with Tim. And we had our uh, first ever anniversary in Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. So lots of fun
1: kind of um frivolous vacation stuff. Yeah. That'd be Leavenworth, Washington, not Leavenworth, Kansas where there's a federal prison. <laughs> <laughs> People yes. of my age, when you hear Leavenworth, if you're not from Washington, you think okay. of the federal prison. Yeah. Well, no, I did not even know that existed. Leavenworth, Washington. <laughs> little Germany.
0: <laughs> what about what about you? You're twenty nineteen.
1: Well, it's funny when you when you were your year, was it a good year or not, you listed trips. You you listed moments yeah. when you got to escape from your well, world. That, that stood out, right? That's yeah. that's out of the mundane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I would say it was a good year. Um, I would think that. Oh, we started this this year. That's we a big started, deal. yeah we we started this this year. We wrote the pursuit late last year. It came out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was good. I think uh, I feel, um, I feel like everything family wise is better. Hmm. I think some of our family members go through hard times, you know. But as a group, I would say our family is in a better place now than it was a year ago. Yeah. That's so, very- I, yeah, I feel good about that. Um, But let's talk about the future because um, resolutions for some people, I think they gave up on them because it's just a beat down. It's just one more chance to feel like a failure. Exactly. I made a goal. And then three weeks later, I've already blown it. You know, this is the time of year when people uh, health club membership is going to go through the roof in January. Mm -hmm. Um, I work out at a place and starting January one, the crowds are way higher than they were. And then by the middle of January, it's back to normal Uh, church attendance bumps um, in January. Um, diets begin, uh, budgets get written, financial dreams get talked about. Uh, so it's a time where we really intuitively think about, I want this to be a great year, yeah, and thinking about how we might move forward. So I think um, the thing that if we if we want to avoid resolutions, and I'm and I and I would probably encourage that. Um, it's still a good time to have gratitude toward the past and some reflection about. <clears throat> maybe at one or two places I'd like to see my life move forward this year.
0: Yeah. You have, uh, um, I would go, <laughs> I'd call it Jim's famous assessment tool <laughs> because it seems famous to me. You have an assessment tool at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, and it doesn't necessarily project forward, but it kind of has that, that, um, atmosphere to it sure. where it is for the future to yeah. think about, um, your, you know, your life going forward Could, Talk talk about that.
1: Well, so fifteen years ago, I wrote this for myself. For the first three years, I didn't tell anybody about it. I just used oh, it wow. myself, and it was a really helpful thing. And I I feel like it it was um, it was um, I felt I felt like this was a, a really cool device. So sure. I shared it with a friend of mine on the third year, and he said, "Dude, you gotta you gotta share this with men." So I called it then. The annual man exam. <laughs> and I would meet with the men of our church, and uh-huh. I would give this this uh, assessment tool out and, le- and encourage them to take it and use it. But I didn't collect any data. Then probably, I don't know, um, 10 years ago, um, we started using it as a whole church. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at Evergreen now, we have automated this tool, and it's been uh, tweaked a little bit. And it it is a it is a digital tool we ask our church to do, so that way we can keep year to year kind of progressions on oh, sure. how our church is doing without having yeah. people's names attached to it. Anyway, That's awesome. Um, this I pulled up on my iPad as you brought this up the um, the original paper exam that I wrote for myself. You have like a picture of it? Yeah. So. Uh, I think what we'll do, if anybody's interested, is I'll put this in our, uh, maybe in our blog, or should we put it somewhere yes. else? We'll put, it, we'll put a blog about it on the website. Okay, so by the time you're listening to this, there's a blog available on our website with this annual exam there, and you can use it however you'd like to, if you'd, if you'd like to. So what I did was I, I broke my life into six categories and gave myself, in each category, five specific uh, statements or questions to score myself on in that category. So I would Hmm. get a one to 10 score on all five of those questions. Then I would total those up and divide them to get an average. So example, the first category is my body and with each with each category is a scripture. So the first category is my body and first Corinthians nine run in such a way as to get the prize. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So um, the categories there, you know, I eat in a way that fuels my body. Well, I, uh, get a healthy amount of sleep. I'm managing my weight. I exercise consistently and my sexuality is healthy and submitted to God. So I would give myself a score on each of those and then get an average for my body. So then gotcha. after each of the six categories, I could look at the low score. Once I could see the high ones, but especially when you're thinking about self-improvement, I would look for the lowest category. And I'd say, okay, I need to spend some time there. Mm-hmm. And the categories are my body, my spiritual formation, my mind, my money, my family, and my work. And so um, sometimes there would be a low, low, low score on one question in one category, even though that wasn't the lowest category. And I would sure. spend some time there, too. I would let that kind of jump out at me. Yeah. I've taken this a few times as a member
0: of the church. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't always thought about it too hard afterwards. I was kind of like a, I, I like a like it was for the church type right, thing. Right. Right. And uh and for me it's kind of a maybe just for me, but it feels like almost a state of mind thing mm. because I don't have the hard numbers on, you know, like if it's if it's your say a question's on like prayer, right? And you're and I give it a I give it like a a 7. And last year I gave it like a 4. It doesn't necessarily mean that I actually prayed more. It might just mean I feel better about my prayer life this year than I did last year.
1: Yeah, and to me, it's not useful individually as a year-to-year tool hmm. uh, comparing previous years. Okay. It's, it's a current state. This is where I'm at right now. Gotcha. And I'm not happy with where I'm at in this particular area. So celebrate the places where you do feel good about yourself and then say, hey, you know, I really, I really do care about that even though I'm underperforming there. And so how might I improve? You know, what would be interesting, John, is for me to – because I think what we're talking about here for the new year is I don't want people to beat down. My concern about this exam has been that people will focus on the failure. sure, And feel – rather than feel encouraged and optimistic and and make some moves forward, they will spend their energy instead beating themselves up for how they should be better than they are. Mm -hmm. So I don't like assessment tools generally that – for that reason – so I say use them guardedly like you don't need any extra help to be discouraged. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So uh so I want to just kind of talk to you about if you're not going to make annual uh resolutions, new year's <laughs> resolutions, maybe here's some uh a couple of thoughts that I would under I would love to hear your response to. Sure. Um so for example, um I don't need you to have a response to this one uh, on air, but, you know, my sexuality is healthy and submitted to God. I think that um, human sexuality is so profoundly uh, essential to human identity. Mm -hmm. It is complicated and it is uh, profoundly powerful. And we know by all kinds of research that we are in a sexualized, over-sexualized culture Totally. That sex is actually becoming to mean nothing. But human sexuality is very confusing and complicated. And so uh, I think it might be a great idea. I would recommend this for any man. I don't know what it's like to be a woman uh, to, to spend a few moments thinking about that particular question and how that's going. If you're a married person. It's uh, something that married couples typically have a hard time discussing with each other. Hmm. But it makes a really important conversation. Totally. Sexuality, sex doesn't make a marriage, but it sure can ruin one. And so uh, that would be one question. I think another one is um, I'm self-aware and redemptive with myself. Redemptive with myself. Break that down for me. So uh, I understand what's going on in my soul. Mm -hmm. And I'm not too hard on myself. I recognize that God's effort toward me is redemptive, not punitive. And so I take this thing that I struggle with in myself. I'm aware of why I struggle or where it's coming from. But I approach that with a redemptive mindset, not a shame or guilt based one. Yeah, that's
0: good. That was kind of I'm, I'm glad you said that you don't. It's not made to compare year after year, because that to me sounds depressing because of Although, to measure year after year exactly because like I mean we just said time flies but you also live a long time so there's going to be to me nothing is is more discouraging when I think of how good I was doing at this time compared to now or mm-hmm. especially like like performance wise quote unquote with with God you know oh, I was praying like crazy back then I felt so close and now you know stuff like that so especially if like one year was really high and the next was really low it'd be be kind of a, a, a downer
1: yeah yeah well, you have uh i was thinking next about kind of uh, relationships and conversations do you talk like this with anyone like this uh yeah about like um how you're doing or where you wish you could grow or um where you want your marriage to move forward or you know do you do you talk like that to any of your friends um no some why, I mean, do, you, why do you think that is
0: i don't know i think uh I think a lot of it is uh, just kind of prototypical masculine friendships. I think in the church, and maybe this is you know I don't have a lot of exposure outside in friendships outside of the church, but uh, we talked a little bit about that kind of shared intimacy from the get go mm-hmm. in a relationship in the church with with just friendships you have you know you both believe that both of you um, believe the same thing right and so uh, uh, with a lot of my friendships within Evergreen I, I do have that kind of. Um, That kind of relationship. A lot of us aren't as close as my friends who are more standoffish, which is interesting, you know. So like uh, uh, just, you know, some friends that I have here in high school and we don't hang out all the time. And then some friends I made in college who were like really close, but they're a little more of maybe the stereotypical machismo. We don't talk about our Mm -hmm. feeling stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of strange. So So which of
1: those groups would you which of those friends would you call if the crap hit the fan in your life and you needed to talk right now? Hmm. Well, that's never happened, as far as I can
0: remember, and I might be the kind of person who doesn't really want to talk to
1: anybody at that so time. So you would rather just crawl in a hole by yourself and think it out? <laughs> Maybe.
0: Well, you are that, for me, you know, you're yeah, you're that kind of sounding board,
1: and Lindsay and I talk about this stuff. Um, I think one of my concerns, I guess where I'm going with this, yeah. is um, we are... I think intimacy deprived Hmm. and um, self inflicted. So relationships are hard. The more the more technology we anchor in and all that, the harder relationships get. I think. And um, I so see if you agree with this Mm -hmm. or what your thought would be. I think having a friend that you can um, talk openly and vulnerably about something that matters a lot to you is really an important thing to have in life. Yeah. And I think most people don't have one.
0: Yeah. In that example, I would say I have a, an embarrassment of riches because I do have you. I feel like we talk, can talk more openly than a lot of friends can, uh, and with Lindsay and, uh, and a few of my, you know, mm-hmm. actual friends of uh, my, uh, you know, longest, uh, Term friend and one of my best friends, you know from Colorado, yeah, um yeah, I don't know, I feel like i I have those outlets, but I definitely I think as a total it is more and more rare,
1: yeah, so um, when you think about the year you wanna have this year, mhm-, and you have those thoughts that are you know you said they're naturally um they're positive, serendipitous, maybe I don't know what the word you chose was. As you approach a new year, you know you have these you have these feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the word I used either. But, but they're yeah. kind of reflective, but also positive. Mm-hmm. Where have those thoughts taken you for 2020? Anywhere specifically?
0: <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed because it's kind of like, wow, anything could happen. Anyways, and then I go <laughs> and do whatever I was doing. <laughs> you know, I haven't really followed them through, really, because I have a kind of pessimism with my own performance, right? So I would like to say, oh, maybe by this time next year. I'll have you know, written more, gone back to working out, you know, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put money on it. You know, it's that kind of thing.
1: Oh, so you're optimistic at possibilities, right. but not optimistic they're actually going to right. occur. The wealth of possibilities. You know,
0: now that we it's a, it's a artificial or not fresh start. You have so many possibilities. That's that's the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I don't make resolutions because I have no
1: idea what's going to happen. Hmm.
0: So I th- that, that's where the optimism Would comes from. Would you say you're more
1: of a person who to whom life happens, or more of a person to whom makes his life? Um, characteristically,
0: the first one. But when I, when I it's interesting because when I think about my life trajectory, right, mm-hmm. um, I've made the choices to get where I am now, right? Like the job I have now, they didn't call me; I called them. Right. Um, you guys didn't tell me what school I was going to. I went. I chose the school I was going to. Yeah. Um but and you know, like my wife you guys didn't say, we didn't hey, pick I mean, your wife no i I found my wife no <laughs> one you know no one introduced us uh but it doesn't always feel like that when I think of myself and how I got here, you know that what's that song uh you know, and you may ask yourself, How did I get here? you that know, and the days go by uh, that should be the new year's song actually that kind of <laughs> encompasses, encompasses the uh entire vibe, but
1: anyway. It, it doesn't. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, that thing you do. How did we get here? I got you here, for I am Spartacus. <laughs> no, not
0: that. That's great. A line that is, but it, it kind of feels like I've been swept along by the current. Um, but I've I've made the choices to get where I am. Do you, I don't know. How do you feel about yourself in those? Well, this in those is ways?
1: interesting because this to me is a mental health question. Hmm. Uh, at least it is for me. When I feel like life is dictated to me by life, I am miserable. And I am at my most fulfilled, most optimistic, most positive self when I am telling life what it's going to be like. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Let's talk about that a little further after our commercial, because I'd like to finish with that thought as we look at um, how do we think forward this year and have maybe a couple of takeaways on how to um, how to inspire each other uh, moving forward. Sure. About this this question of life happening to you or telling life what's going to happen. Let's do it. All right.
2: Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives, and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com, where you can learn more about the Father-Son Duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation.
1: Well, uh, during that commercial, John uh, introduced me to the song he was trying to <laughs> very poorly sing for us. Uh, uh, I, oh, you may ask yourself, <laughs> I think I nailed it. Actually, uh, did you? Anyone who knows the
0: song, the song I guess it. is a
1: Talking Heads song. Talking Heads, and, Once in a Lifetime. And once I heard even a minute and a half of that, I had all I could take. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good song. I said nothing about the quality, and I don't understand a, the punchline. You may ask yourself, you're know, like you driving behind a, you're behind the wheel of a big car. You may find yourself, you know, all these wonderful places, and you ask yourself, how did I get here? Now, what's the answer to that? How did I get here? But it's, there is it's, no. It's, answer. it's indistinguishable. You can't even hear what he's saying. Uh, it's a style, man. It's a choice. It's a vibe. It's a style. <laughs> <laughs> The, and the point it's of the song podcast, cause I'm, yeah, I'm oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> the point of the song is there's no
1: answer, and the whole point is he says but there is an answer
0: well, we have one, oh. but their message is that there probably isn't one
1: no, the world is random. It's a random collision of happenstance <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to finish our podcast today okay. with two two thoughts. And I want you to think about these. I want you to process them right in front of the world. <laughs> Great. Okay. I can't wait. Uh, do you, do you uh, when I said that it's a mental health issue for me, when life mm. is happening to me, when life dictates to me, my life,
2: yeah. I'm
1: miserable. But when I have a sense that I'm on top of the wave, I'm surfing the wave, and I'm calling the shots in my life, I am at my happiest point. Do you resonate with that at all? I don't know if I do, you're definitely more, we've been over this, you're more of an achiever type
0: than I am, mm-hmm. where that's kind of your source of, um, contentment. And I feel the pressure of, uh, what I might call bonds or, or oaths or duties. Okay. Uh, you know, just even, uh, w- with a, a job I've committed to with, um, a lease, you know, with, with marriage, you know, there are things that mm-hmm. I have committed to that I now, you know, certain doors are closed because of my convictions and my, my oath. So like to Lindsay, I'm ecstatically happy, but I am aware of the pressure that that entails. Okay. And does that, um, uh, it make doesn't you, make me any less happy. It doesn't make you so feel um, trapped. No, that's the difference. And, it, and with other stuff, like with work, I felt trapped before because of its,
1: um, because of commitments. So let me ask you this question. In what scenarios do you feel like, man, life is awesome? What is it that makes you feel that way? When you feel really great about your life, what made you feel that way?
0: Hmm. Man, I have no idea. No idea at all? I think it's just that, uh, you know, the surf's good. You know, it's just, <laughs> I'm not stressed out. So. so I don't have
1: money problems. Everyone's happy. Okay, so this is a uh, psychologist call this an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control. What that means is if the situations outside of me dictate my happiness, then they actually have control over my life.
2: Hmm.
1: But if the circumstances inside me control my happiness, then no one can take it from me. And so, uh, what I just heard you say is that you don't know why you feel when you feel like, man, life is awesome. You don't really know how you got there, like the stupid talking head song.
0: It clearly has a point.
1: (laughs) It has the
0: video listener
1: that I showed him had 22
0: million views. Yeah, 22 million morons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I think, you know, I imagine like a peaks and valleys of life, right? You're like happy, sad, happy, sad. Really, for me, it's, it's really happy and then pretty happy. I never. I, I have. I have little dips every now and again, but my my baseline. Yeah, but why is that? Well, I don't know. My my point is, my internal locus of control doesn't account for any high of highs. No, I'm saying that my I because because of that. Yeah, and what I would credit to uh, my beliefs in the sovereignty of God. Yeah, my baseline so is your high. your valley is just moderately happy. Exactly. Yeah. All the, most of the time. Yeah, and the peaks.
1: Or when everything is easy. Yeah. And I think that's normal. I I can, I can buy that. So here's assignment number one for mm-hmm. the New Year's. Okay. We're, we're, we're advocating no New Year's resolutions. Sure. However, <laughs> think about these two questions. And the first one is, when am I most fulfilled in my life? And then after identifying that, what can I do to make that happen more?
0: Because
1: mm. what you want is you want more of that. Yeah, for sure. And so one of the things I encourage married couples, you know, is to is to have experiences where you both would say at the end of that experience, that was fun. We should do that again. And the more of those you can have, the happier your marriage will be. And hmm. so with your life, you know, you want to have, man, I love that. I want more of that. So homework assignment number one. Is, is, that, is that not an external? What do you say? Locust? Locust, locus con- no t locust. locus of control yeah where you rely on those experiences to raise your happiness well is this this is the question you know is life going to happen to me or am i going to make my life happen the best way here's my one of my sayings is the best way to prepare for your future is to create it hmm and so i think that you should i think that life gives you the opportunity to exert far more control over life than you currently do sure and so, uh, um, this isn't to be a control freak. It's to say, I am responsible for the outcomes of my life. Fate is going to play a part. You know, somebody's going to get hit by a bus, get a disease. You know, fate does its thing. But even through those, I am responsible for my state of being and my uh, outcomes. And because of my belief in Christ, that, I, when I, that sounds arrogant. I mean that God is, and I've attached myself to him. Yeah. But I control that by attaching myself to him rather than trying to do it on my own.
0: I love that. And I think
1: that that gets um,
0: lost. I think even just as a human being around other human beings, you have a sphere of influence um, and a, uh, um, the, I, I like the word agency. You mm-hmm. have agency, mm-hmm. and you can change a heck of a lot.
1: Yes, and that would be that there. That really is what I'm trying to say yeah. is to exercise your agency rather than feeling victimized or you're playing the cards that were dealt to you. Sure. You have more agency than that. So I think exercise number one for the new year. Think about the concept of um, the power you have to create the life you want. Um, I love that. Yeah. Okay. The second one is to write down. Those thoughts about how you're going to move toward that future. So, uh, exercise one is what What is it? What's going on in my life when I'm most fulfilled, and how can I make that happen again? Mm -hmm. Then, step two: write down specific things that you're going to contribute to your life, that you're going to pursue, people you might pursue, conversations you might pursue, devotional habits you might pursue, experiences you might pursue. But this year, to utilize that agency, to utilize your agency, so that you're moving in that direction. So uh, that's why I like my little self-exam for all these years is it, it, it helps me think through um, thinking about uh, family, for example. I'm most fulfilled in my family when certain things are happening. Mm. But those things don't happen unless I make them happen. So um, if we drift, we rarely end up anywhere on purpose. So you can end up somewhere, but when you end up somewhere on purpose, mm-hmm. it's way more fulfilling. So uh, this is where you, you think through, you know, these uh, happy thoughts. You know, I feel optimistic. There's a world of opportunity in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Anything could happen this year. But I want you to take it one step further and say, this is what I want to happen. And I want to see this happen. Maybe just three to five. I wouldn't have more than five. And um, that you actually write down and put somewhere so that you will see them again. And certainly that you'll know where they are next year. I have a problem with this, these
0: types of things where I have an issue um, distilling all of my thoughts and dreams and hopes for the year into a small list or, or mm-hmm. you know even especially one thing, but at least a small list. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for that on kind of breaking it down?
1: Yeah, I think I would I would ask myself, what do I want to be true a year from now that's not true right mm-hmm. now? So So that's um, kind of
0: your, that's how you, you see how you're feeling about certain things.
1: Well, I think that's what came to mind when you asked the question. So for example, um, I mentioned to you today, I'd like us to write two eBooks this calendar year. Mm -hmm. And, um, that to me is a very achievable goal. If I wanted to be aggressive, I might change that number, but to write that down, man, I want to write two books this year. And that are eBooks. They're not, you know, they're not big volumes. They're sure. fewer pages, but they're substantial. They're, they're important to me and useful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to take my wife on a trip, just the two of us to somewhere she's never been, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I don't know what these would be, but yeah, I think when you, um, one of the worst things a person can do is say, I want to lose 25 pounds. <laughs> sure. A better thing they can do is say, I want to run a marathon this year because now they're working towards something they really want to do and Mm -hmm. the result of that is going to be weight loss because you can't prepare for a marathon and stay fat yeah so uh you know it could be those it could be um i there's this one habit i have and i want to overcome that habit i want to break that addiction this year then you can start thinking about what would it take for me to do that you know um and then you could even put some deadlines on there if you want. So when I think about two e-books, you might say, well, that means one before June and one before December. Hmm. So I give myself a new deadline. I need one written by June. Well, if I need one written by June, I need it outlined by when, and I need the first chapters, you know. Sure. You can start putting an actual timeline to it because yeah. when we don't do that, we don't have goals. We just have ideas and dreams. And I think what that does is, I think one of the reasons people get so burnt out on
0: resolutions, and I think it's the same dynamics at play when people uh, have a, a a falling out with their faith because of sin management mm-hmm. uh, shame mm-hmm. is because you say I'm going to eat better this year one week later you're you know neck deep in a triple cheeseburger right and you're like well there's that year you know already over mm-hmm. and, that, and, it, and it breaks mm-hmm. your heart and mm-hmm. you feel bad about yourself so instead when you when that goal is if you're trying to prepare for a marathon by June you can have a cheeseburger right because you're just you got to get to the marathon by June you know so that kind of um uh, mission-focused um, long-term goal, I feel like prepares you mm-hmm. better than saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Another idea would be, I, w- I want to have more spiritual experiences with God this year. Mm-hmm. You start daydreaming about what might precipitate those. Uh, I'm going to get outside. I'd like to climb a mountain. You know, there's some mountains around here. Mount Eleanor is one that comes to my mind for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty tall peak and they say the views from there are incredible. Even going to Hurricane Ridge by car in the summer, it's just stunning views you get to see sure. the, you get to see the ocean and, and mountains it's unbelievable um so if, if nature helps do that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do more of that just these kind of thoughts where you're not imprisoned by a list of failures right but you're actually casting some dreams about how you might move forward because movement um really matters and it and i think movement begets movement Yeah, totally. As you make a little progress, you start wanting more progress.
0: Yeah. And the very hardest part is the beginning when you're trying to figure out these new systems that you're not used to. And, you know, if you're trying to lose weight and you've never worked out before, getting to the point from not working out to working out is the hardest part. And then that ball is rolling. Yeah,
1: you're right. Okay. What are your takeaways from today?
0: You got any? Man, I feel like that last, I don't know. I feel like oftentimes our last 10 minutes is the greatest hits of the whole conversation. (laughs) So the whole thing feels like a takeaway. Uh, for me, th- that question is super helpful. What do I want to be true at this time next year? That is not true now, mm-hmm. because I because I have such an issue um, narrowing down. Right. I get overwhelmed, you know, by the by the amount of thoughts and mm-hmm. and and uh, and goals I want for this next year. So that I think that as a evaluative tool of what I really want, you know, between now and then. That's that's what I'm taking away personally.
1: That's awesome and you could even have a long list. You could say I'm not going to I'm just going to go unfiltered. Mm. Get out a whiteboard or a legal pad and force yourself to list at least 15 or 20. Then sure. you look at all those and you go, "Okay, I'm going to pick the three I really want the most, you know." Sure. And that way you get a little more focus, but you start off with this empty board, you know, of all the things you want. You know, I want my wife to have a different car. I want I want her to finish this. Next year I want her to drive a better car than she drove this year. I don't know. I'm just Spitballing, but I've brought that up before, and she said, "I love my car; and it doesn't work." <laughs> <laughs> what about your takeaway? Uh, I think that's it. You know, I think uh, for me, it's the reminded realization, which kind of happened organically in our conversation. I did not think about this ahead of time. Um, that I am miserable when life is telling me how my life is, and yeah. I'm fulfilled when it when I'm telling it. That's very telling of you. Of you, it I is. Think. And and I need to. I need to. Um, Ex, uh, exert more agency so that I have that feeling more often hmm. that's awesome yeah well thanks for listening and uh, as we mentioned you can go to our uh, website jimandjohn.com no H in the John and in our blog section we will post a blog that has the self-assessment if you're interested in that it'll be there available to you you can follow us on Instagram at at jim and, John. and I'll throw uh, I'll throw a picture of that assessment on there as well Okay. if you follow
0: us there uh, at Jim and John, or I think there's an ad in Instagram. I think I ask this every single time. There's
1: no ad in Instagram. No ad
0: in Instagram. You can find us on Instagram with the name Jim and John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no H in the John. You can tell we are social media yeah. experts. Pros. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, tell a friend. We'd love it. And send us some comments. Info at Jim and com is an email you can use. Tell us what you think. Give us uh concept ideas. Yeah, we uh, love it. Episode ideas. We would love any feedback you can give us. Awesome. See you guys next week. Wie eine schnelle Bien. Wie ein cookbook движ.